Welcome to Crime, Do- Crime Talk VK here on Radio Free Brooklyn, not dog. We are losing our damn minds, but we're yeah. fine. We're fine. So I apologize for missing our post-election episode and delaying it a week. Some stuff came up, uh, but we are here this week with plenty of scalding tea Yes, plenty of it. Um, <laughs> I think we all needed an emotional break after last week's election. I mean, I basically found out on Saturday morning from my phone exploding and I just quit all trying to do anything that day and sat down and cried into my Prosecco <laughs> all day. I was like too stressed out at that point to even register i'm just like oh joe biden won i'll think about this later (laughs) (laughs) so that was crazy i was just like sitting like eating breakfast and then um you told me yeah i texted you i was like yeah i was like biden i figured you'd been what well you were busy so i was just like i just want to put this in your box for later I mean, I had definitely been hitting refresh on <laughs> my phone so often. I'm surprised I didn't crack the screen. Mm. Uh, but, like, that morning I was uh, packing to go out of state. And so mm. I was like, ah, where's the hairdryer? And not really <laughs> paying attention. Well, it is, it is my responsibility to tell all my friends. <laughs> and You did a wonderful job. And then, of course, I had to call you right after because I had to, like, scream about it with someone (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was an all-day scream affair it was um and then i i i slept better than i had in weeks on saturday night partially probably do the prosecco but also to the fact that i don't have to stare at the tv for 20 hours a day anymore i know but at the same time part of me so as we'll get into today Trump Mm -hmm. has refused to concede the election, even though he's, what, like, 30 electoral votes behind or something? Well, yes. Uh, People are, you know, the the big beef is the media doesn't get to call. And I'm like, well, here's the thing, though. It's based on algorithms that come from the, uh, uh, you know, like Pennsylvania State uh, Electoral Office. They provide the algorithms to the media and the media pumps them through their own algorithms. And that's how they make the call. They don't just like decide. So I actually applied to a job where I would have worked for the AP as um, an election um, analyst. Mm -hmm. I did not get it. In fact, I did terribly on the interview. (laughs) Oh, but um, that's fine. I'm numbers and me have a complicated relationship. 
but uh, they have an extensive process. Like this yeah. is not them just pulling numbers out of their ass. Like, no, you really have to be close to a statistician or yeah. a mathematician to understand what it means. But then also the numbers that they get are really comprehensive. And um, <clears throat> they hire a ton of people to clean the data to make sure that all of the numbers that they get is accurate. And that's actually what I would have been doing is helping clean data. And uh, so they have like multiple eyes on these spreadsheets that they're getting with that are broken down like into very like minute I think it's like even smaller than county you Mm -hmm. know and um they're looking for like weird numbers and discrepancies and if there is anything weird then they will like call and confirm and they're able to do it quickly because they have so many people working on that but they are very careful yeah you know and so people are just like, ah, oh, the media. And I'm like, you know, a lot of these people have, like, master's degrees in statistics. And I don't you know. know if, yeah. Okay. So I don't need to interrupt you here. But, like, I watched MSNBC for my election coverage. And Steve Kernacki is doing the math on the show. Oh, like my he's, God. He's doing, like, he's got his phone calculator and he's checking the papers and he's got post-its everywhere like he's you can catch him like doing the calculations and sometimes he's he's doing it in his head on the with the paper and the, and out loud out loud out loud and then he's writing it on the board it's like he's not a dumbass he's not just pulling this out of the air and saying oh well it looks like they have the most so um biden is the most as president in uh, the state that's not how it fucking works no. And even for people who are doing it live like that, there's still researchers checking their work, you know. Yeah. We yeah. called it like, uh in the in my in my legal friends, we called it the map show. And um um now there's uh there's a portmanteau about Steve Kernacki and um John King on CNN. Um I uh, I forgot what it's called, but they they are like the new hunks of the news, (laughs) which is very funny. I know that there was a running gag that was later brought up on the post-election SNL where they were joking about how we're watching these broadcasters like literally work themselves to death. Yeah. And how like one of them will like start like hallucinating or something because they've been awake for five days. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they were not for <laughs> oh. I liken I liken it a little bit to like the first week of a trial where you're getting literally like maybe two hours of sleep a day at best. How do you and you're me? you're over caffeinated, you're exhausted. And you start, you do, you start wobbling a little bit and you start slurring your words because you're so tired and you're trying to hold on to whatever reality is in your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, I did find out today that Steve Kornacki did not change his pants because that was the running joke between me and a couple of my friends. So like, he just kept coming out in the same pair of pants. And I'm like, they must change the shirt because it's white and it's not wrinkled. So they must keep changing the shirt 
uh, or at least steaming it or something while he's napping. I don't know, but there's interns. He could have they could have bought him new pants. They could have had like a stack of pants. Oh my god. Maybe that'll be the That's new normal. Silly. He really told everyone he hadn't changed his pants. That's yeah. crazy. I mean, I know what that feels like, but onward. Anyway. So what was your, um, what's your impression now of how things are going? Okay. Uh, a couple things. First off, I want people to realize that these lawyers that are bringing these frivolous lawsuits on behalf of the Trump administration into state courts and surrogate courts and other counties across the country have to realize that their law licenses may be on the line because they could be sanctioned for bringing a frivolous lawsuit because we're dealing with the United States presidential election. Normally, attorneys who bring frivolous lawsuits will just get a slap on the wrist, but this is kind of a bigger deal. Yeah, for sure. And I was actually reading... It was late at night on Reddit. I mean, it was an article, but it was late at night on Reddit. So I wasn't fully paying attention. Uh, Because I've been doing, like, joy scrolling as the opposite of doom scrolling. Doom scrolling, yeah. And um, (laughs) apparently um, some of the lawyers at these firms that are working for Trump are growing increasingly worried. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm things like that and just generally like their job prospects and the like dubious ethical nature of what's going on yeah uh the lincoln project called out jones day today Mm -hmm. because they also represent general electric um who puts all their money behind donald trump for not having to pay taxes so they've been calling everybody out there But I did get a snippet of a piece of transcript from one Pennsylvania lawsuit post-election. So it said, this is in Montgomery County, and it's a case before a common pleas judge, Richard Haas. Um, And it's clearly about uh, disputed ballots. Mm-hmm. And this is all you need to know about this. I mean, I was going to look up the whole transcript, but I was like, this is all we need to know. So, okay, I'm just going to read directly from the transcript. The court. Uh, I'm asking you a specific question, and I am looking for a specific answer. Are you claiming that there is any fraud in connection with these 592 disputed ballots? Attorney for Donald Trump, Mr. Goldstein. To my knowledge, at present, no. Court, are you claiming that there is any undue or improper influence upon the elector with respect to these 592 ballots? Mr. Goldstein, to my knowledge, at present, no. So they bring these lawsuits, and then these attorneys have to go into court, and they realize what's actually happening here, and they're not actually even defending the suit. Well, I mean, there's like a, I won't say long game, it's more like medium length for two months game uh, that Trump's trying to play here, which is pundits are speculating that he's just trying to corrode trust in our election system. 
You well, know, he's been, he's been doing that since 2015. Oh, sure. But uh, this is about he's set, the lawsuits he's set, don't make sense otherwise. Like, he's not. I know, but he's he said the election was rigged in 2016 and he fucking won that election. So make up your mind. You can't have it both ways. Oh, and then also something that is blowing my mind is, is that as much as people are um, all up in arms over the presidential races, and they're like, oh, these ballots are, oh, are yes, wrong. Yes, 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 yes. The down ballot races for Republicans are on the same ballot. Same and ballot. Complaining about that. Nope. That it's means Mitch McConnell, insane. Lindsey Graham, Susan Collins, all these people have to be recalled. Okay. Yeah. As and this is a, this is why another reason why I love James Carville. I was listening to the news last night and he was on I think he was on Rachel Maddow's show, but she's out with COVID quarantine. He was drinking his whiskey and he was like, let him count it nine times. Let him lose nine times. It's fine by me. Yeah. Fine by me. It's just like. (laughs) It's like, okay, so charitably, you could say that maybe they're doing this just to Trump stroke, just to stroke. Trump's ego and it's just kind of like a gentle letdown to the fact that people don't like him as much as he thought um but it just like I don't I don't see like the logic behind thinking that someone filled in the wrong bubble for president and then the right bubble for Republicans for like the next 10 slots it doesn't make any sense it doesn't follow it doesn't track with the last four years of everybody being afraid of him yeah Nope, doesn't track. I mean, I do wish that it had been more of a blowout. I don't think that we got the refutation against Trump that we were hoping for. And then, of course, the Senate is uncomfortably down to two seats in Georgia, which there will be a runoff in January. Actually, I don't think Alaska's come in yet. And Carvel also said that he has hope for Alaska. Really? Yeah. So I mean, we could it went to Trump, didn't it? I don't think so. I don't think it. I, as far as I can see, as far as today, the Senate race has not gone anywhere. Oh, but I mean, the president race was for Trump. Oh, yeah, that's fine. But I think the Senate is too close to call. I think it's they're doing every ballot like they are in Georgia. Oh, that's strange because for the most part, so far, um, the Senate races have more or less aligned. With this, with who the state chose as president. That's not what's happening up there. It gives me mm. a little bit of hope because that could put us at fifty-one. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So okay. I'm watching that too. But also on that note, I want everybody who is interested in the runoffs to go to Act Blue, read about the candidates, donate if you can. It's Ossoff against Purdue uh, because there was a third independent running in that election, and they each got. Uh, oh no I'm sorry there was another Republican in that particular election um, go there donate money Purdue is our or not, I'm sorry Ossoff is our guy and then yeah. so just to clarify uh, in Georgia you have to run more than half the vote so if there's three people running it reduces no, yeah no one gets half the votes like no one's going to get half the votes unless two of the people are ultimately just horrible. 
Yeah. And it was yeah, it was all between 28 and 35%. So, and then there's the special election that's currently running. I forgot the guy's name. What's his name? Mm-hmm. One second. Georgia Senate race. Raphael Warnock. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Raphael Warnock is our other guy. It is a special election. He um, was appointed. I'm sorry, no. Kelly Leffler was appointed by the governor of the state after the prior Republican uh, senator retired. And Warnock is running against her in the special election. Um, there's a margin of error of less than 2% between the two of them, and they both came under 50%, so now there's a runoff. I see. Mm-hmm. <sighs> mm-hmm. So go to ActBlue, donate, support, support, support. Yeah, and also keep an eye on these lawsuits with Trump that we'll be talking about today, because... There's a chance that the Biden campaign might also need some last-minute fundraising to help fight some of the stuff in court, depending on how much of a clusterfuck it is. All right, well, it's already a clusterfuck, considering the long list of lawsuits that have been filed post-election. That doesn't even consider all the long list of lawsuits that were filed prior to November 3rd. Do you want to get into some of the prior lawsuits? <laughs> Did you look into any of those? I did. Um, I'll just do a brief synopsis because I've got a couple other things we want to cover. I want to cover, as I mentioned. Um, so we'll do pre and post. So um, in Iowa, um, they filed several lawsuits pre-election, and they were successful in limiting mail in, in voting. Um The Iowa Supreme Court left in place a new Republican backlog that will block county election commissioners from mailing absentee ballots to thousands of requesters who submitted applications that were missing some information. And they also upheld a state directive that invalidated tens of thousands of absentee ballot requests that were mailed to registered voters in three counties with their personal information already filled in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Michigan, several pieces of litigation going on prior to November 3rd. State law required the ballots to be counted by election day. State judge citing mail delays has ordered, had ordered that they be counted if they were postmarked by November 2nd and arrived by the 17th. The Republican-led legislature um, is a, was appeasing, but the issue was uh, raised by the Trump campaign and uh, it doesn't matter at this point because we won Michigan, but mm-hmm. they did they did file that. In my home state of Minnesota, Republicans challenged a state court agreement that extended the deadline for counting absentee ballots by seven days. Because of the pandemic, a federal judge recently upheld the state um, consent decree that allowed for the extension as long as the ballots were postmarked by November 3rd. The Republicans... Uh, appeal is pending still. Mm-hmm. Nevada. Um, mail-in ballots to every registered voter. Because of the pandemic, um, 
The Trump campaign challenged that law, suggesting mail-in voting was rife with fraud, but a federal judge said the campaign failed to show any harm. North Carolina, Trump and the Republican National Convention or Committee are sued the federal court to block state election officials from enforcing rule changes that could boost the number of ballots counted. Ohio, the possibility of multiple ballot drop boxes in Ohio County had been disallowed after a series of federal court rulings. Basically, uh, lesser drop boxes, less less drop boxes in more counties. So it's the same thing that happened in Texas, except this. Yeah, for sure. Except it's not as nearly as big as Texas. So it was, you know, whatever. Yeah. Texas um, has whiplash from all the lawsuits. I'm sure. Um, we'll get to it. Um, Pennsylvania, 15 days before the election, the U.S. Supreme Court resolved a key election fight with 4-4 ruling that allowed mail-in ballots in the battleground state to be counted for three days after the election. A new lawsuit filed on the day of this particular article by NPR was uh, like three days before the election, I think, challenged the deadline. And uh, there was back and forth on that. And we'll circle back around to that, too, when we cover the current lawsuits. Mm -hmm. Texas, uh, in Texas, Republicans asked the state and federal courts to order election officials in Houston uh, to not count the ballots that were dropped off at drive-in voting locations. That was denied. Um, they also were turned away um, with the effort to invalidate the nearly 127,000 votes that arrived by drive-in. Um, well Go ahead. So what had happened with those drive-in, with the drive-in lawsuit was in Texas, you um, you have to be proven that you are like disabled to the point where you can't access the building and you have to already have all that paperwork before you vote. Mm -hmm. uh, but they changed it. So they said that, you know, it's like because of COVID, anyone can qualify. So that was up. Um, in the lawsuit. And then secondly, um, yeah, and so they were trying to throw out everybody who was being covered under this new rule. Yeah, 127,000 people had already voted that way by the yeah. time they filed this lawsuit. And they were trying to, um, and they were trying to convince the judge to throw all that stuff out, and the judge was like, no. Republican. Yeah, it was a Republican yeah. judge, too, by the way. He was like, yeah, that's that was nominated nope. Bush. Voter suppression. Nope, nope, nope. All right, and so there's what some... What they ended up doing was they just shut down all the drive-in um, all the drive-in uh, locations except for one at a uh, sports arena that would have qualified as just a regular voting place that you could just park cars inside mm -hmm. because they didn't want to deal with any lawsuits challenging the election. But of course right. it didn't matter because Trump went to Texas because Texas went to Trump, and if you'll notice, Trump is not really doing lawsuits in places that he won. No, he's only doing lawsuits in heavily Democratic cities. Yeah. <laughs> um, Virginia, the key court case over the election involved the requirement that absentee voters find a witness to watch them sign their ballot. That doesn't, that, and that's the only state in the nation where they required a witness, and that's the local. Uh, Republican committee came up with that one. But after the League of Women Voters filed suit over the issue, a federal judge issued a decree allowing voters to skip that step given the pandemic if they don't feel safe. 
the Republican Party had appealed. I don't think it matters because they won the state. Yeah. Wisconsin. This is my last one because I was just I had to just cut it short. Uh, Wisconsin federal appeals court overturned a lower court's ruling granting a six day extension for counting absentee ballots in Wisconsin. As long as marked on or before Election Day, the ruling was a victory for Republicans. Um, while Democrats and their allies have asked the U.S. Supreme Court to overturn the decision, it is still pending. But I don't, since the Democrats won Wisconsin, I don't think that, I think they're going to drop the suit. Yeah. Right. So those are just a sum of the, that doesn't include the multitudes of uh, suits filed in Georgia, which I didn't even include. I didn't want to deal with it. They're still counting their ballots. They're going with a runoff. Um, So we can talk about post-election day suits now if you want to. Yeah, and I actually have a list of those. Or, I mean, honestly, I just did the swing states. For all I know, there might be others. Let's see. Uh, but, let, me look. let me see what I have. Yeah, just the swings. So, uh, first up on my list, we have Michigan. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Trump has a lawsuit that alleges ballot counting issues and fraud, specifically in Wayne County, which is the county uh, that surrounds Detroit. Yep. And um, let me see. So the lawsuit claims that legal that like election ballot counting observers were unable to get close enough to watch the votes be tabulated and claimed that Republican observers were improperly harassed. Now, I didn't really understand what people were talking about when they kept on throwing around this word observers. So basically what it is, is is that the like Republican- It's a poll watcher. Yeah, they're poll watchers. But it's like (laughs) the Republicans and Democrats can send in their guys basically to just be at the table when um, the volunteers are counting. No, nope, not not at the table. Well, they can challenge them. Well, they can challenge. Okay, so I did a whole poll watcher list of things that what they can and cannot do. They cannot sit at the table while they're doing the ballots because that mm-hmm. could also be considered intimidation. They have to be within a reasonable distance. Okay. Uh, they're and they're looking for very specific things. Um, they're looking for. Uh, let me see. And basically, this is only for I did for Pennsylvania, but the rules are each state has its own rules. But they're there to make sure that no funny business goes on in counting the ballots. Um, they're there to they can individually verify a voter if they think that that voter is fraudulent, which these days is incredibly problematic, but it's in the rules. Um, um, But they're not just individuals that they have to be registered with the state. They have to be residents of that state. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of specific rules that they can and cannot do. 
Yeah. But they but they do not sit at the table. They sit well, within a reasonable distance. Sure. But I mean, like, basically the observers are just there to, yeah, as you were saying, make sure that the election is run well and they can um, challenge ballots if they think that the ballot is fraudulent or if there's some sort of issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, for the purposes of what's going on in Michigan, it's not overly important. Uh, the lawsuit, let me see, says is that uh, Republican poll watchers' challenges were ignored or that they weren't uh, allowed close enough uh, to the vote counting. Now, of course, um, I'm sure it was a little bit tricky because with social distancing, you're trying to be six feet away. Maybe they took issue with that. I'm sure that the Democrats are probably the same distance away as they were. Um, the people who are working the polls, who are counting these ballots, take their jobs really seriously. And actually, this American Life interviewed um, like an election worker, and uh, she wouldn't even say who she voted for on air. Like, she's just kind of like, I believe in this process, and that's that. So, yeah, and I, it's it's people from both sides of the aisle. And if there's if there's an independent, um, you know, all parties involved in the election are there to count and certify the votes. Yeah. It's not like, it, it's not just, you know, randomly willy-nilly pick people. These are people that have certified votes for a really long time. And they take mm-hmm. it very, very seriously. For sure. And so, um, some of these, uh, poll watchers claim that they saw double counting on a few ballots. Others allege that they saw signs of political bias, including poll workers rolling their eyes when they opened ballots with votes for Trump. Uh, several people noted in affidavit they saw... Quickly, if they can't see it, how do they know that? (laughs) True enough. Anyway. Um, and then a few people are saying that certain poll workers were wearing um, masks or clothes that says stuff like Black Lives Matter, which, of course, implies that you're opposed to Trump because if you vote for Trump. Mm. But anyway, um, it's not a political statement. Well, no, it's not. It should not be not, a political statement. It's not a political statement. Um, there is no evidence that anybody miscounted votes out of political motivation. Now, there is going to be a certain amount of human error in every election. And, you know, there probably has been human error in every election within the United States since we became just something that happens. But that's just going to be like one-offs. It's not going to be enough to be meaningful to an election, which is why most years you don't have all of these lawsuits, mm-hmm. you know? And then also human error is going to probably um, affect both parties, you know? It's just sometimes people are going to, like, I don't know, miscount one or something. There's mis- there's human error in how they filled out the vote. There's human, like, when they say like it looks like they, it was double counted like if they're standing six feet away it could be that the scanner didn't take it properly you know like you just you, I'm all for a recount again count as many as you want to that's mm-hmm. fine 
the margins that we're dealing with right now, there's no way that this man can win the election. There's just yeah. no way. It's not it's not 2000 when we're talking like a couple hundred votes. Yeah. And also the lawsuit, uh, Biden beat Trump by 145,000 votes in Michigan. So it's unlikely, as you're saying. Also, um, the uh, the attorney general, Dana Nissel in uh, Detroit, or I guess in Michigan, got a little spicy. Uh, she, I love her. I love her. She's yeah. yeah, baller. So she just straight out said that she thinks that Trump hates black people. And she said, quote, really the themes that we see that persist are this. Black people are corrupt. Black people are incompetent. And black people can't be trusted. That's the narrative that is continually espoused by the Trump campaign and their allies in these lawsuits. Mm -hmm. And of course, this is because uh, Detroit uh, is more than 38% black. And that is where Trump's campaign is citing all these irregularities. That's the same thing in Philadelphia. Same lawsuit. It's almost mirror image. Yeah. Same in Philadelphia. Do you want me to go on to Pennsylvania's current lawsuit? Yeah, might as well, since we're there. (laughs) So honestly, I found it a little bit confusing. There were 15 lawsuits before the elections Mm -hmm. by Republicans over mail-in voting, um, as you talked about. And basically what it shakes out to is a judge decided that uh, mail-in ballots would count as long as they were sent by election day and received no more than three days later. So because of all the post office weirdness and everything, the judge just gave a little bit more of a grace period than I think Pennsylvania usually has. Trump is now trying to get all of those ballots that were received past election day thrown out. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. There's also a lawsuit that alleges widespread fraud but then offers like these like weird random examples of just like oh well like so and so got two ballots in the mail which is like oh. a mistake okay well this yeah. is going to bring me to the four seasons press conference so please let's finish this up cuz i really want to get to the four seasons press conference <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that that is um, my Pennsylvania one. If you just want to, if you just want to do the Four Seasons conference, then we can go back to the other lawsuits. Okay, okay, okay. So, as most people know, Rudy Giuliani, uh, right after the hours after the announced that Biden was the projected winner of the election on Saturday morning, um, Trump tweeted out that he was going to have a press conference at the Four Seasons. Um, in Philadelphia, and it turns out that it was the Four Seasons landscaping company located between a sex shop and a crematorium and a parking lot. Um, and so Giuliani is there you now, and I have to tell you, I watched about half of it today, but the audio was so bad, like one of my speakers kept going out. But I, I want to give you like the scene. It's a it's a garage door with Trump Biden. Um, placards and it's like parking lot hot you know it's about 75 degrees and you're standing on asphalt they have a little podium so all these little trolls are standing around and Giuliani says he could have invited at least 50 but that was too many people so he has a sampling of 
of poll watchers that were uh, who saw fraud and were obstructed in their reporting of the fraud. Uh huh. Also, I would like to add that standing right behind Rudy Giuliani is former um, uh, NYPD head and convicted fraudster Bernie Carrick. So yep. my thing that I just really want to express with this whole Four Seasons Gardening Center debacle is who was that gem of a person who answered the phone and it was like someone from Trump's campaign and they're like, hey, can we book your space? And this person is just like, sure, of course. Yeah, right. We'll have a podium for you. It was either a deep troll or someone who had no idea what the fuck was going on. I prefer the former. <laughs> um, so it. it's also it's like I like work in production where we have to um, book shoots, and we've gone. I've gone so far as to taking um, like Google Maps screenshots of the front of a building so that like the cab won't miss it. Mm-hmm. Like, how does nobody check? Like, the address? <laughs> we are living in a Coen Brothers movie. This is, I'm telling you. Wait, I've got deets. I've got deets. Because I watched half I watched half of it. I couldn't take the rest of it. It was too bad. Okay, so, aside from uh, convicted felon Bernie Carrick, uh, who was one of the top cops under Giuliani, too? So, we're just keeping it in the family. Uh... Giuliani brought to the podium a guy named Daryl Brooks. He claims he's from Philly, says he's a poll watcher. He was bitching about the fact that he had to be 20 feet away, that there were no cameras, no phones, which is a rule nationwide. You can't have phones or cameras or any recordings. He said he was harassed uh, by a dem poll watcher and um, he couldn't inspect any of the ballots. Mind you, I've read several states of poll watcher rules. There's no such thing as them actually getting to read the ballots. Yeah. Not, that's not a thing. So need, people need to put that out of their mind. Turns out Dale Brooks is a repeat sex offender from New Jersey. One oh, of the I rules see. of being a poll watcher is you have to be at least from the state you are watching the poll at. He's... He's incredibly familiar to the authorities in New Jersey because he has also tried to run for for candidacy for Senate and House of Congress and a number of other places. Yep. It's Google it. It's all over the place. Uh, Another poll watcher bitched about not being able to take video or keep his tablet. Corey Lewandowski also polled, watched in Philadelphia. Turns out he's the resident of New Hampshire. They just don't understand how the 200,000 votes for Donald Trump disappeared, which is not actually what happened. It just turns out that there was a blue vote mail-in wave, as everybody was predicting, because this is a Democratic city. Mm -hmm. Um, My favorite quote from Rudy Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani, was, how can I possibly tell if there's fraud or not? It looks like there might be fraud. They conducted themselves as if there was fraud. This is a man that took down the mob in New York. And he's now saying, how can I possibly tell if there's fraud? I don't know if there's fraud. There might be fraud. It looks like there could be fraud. They acted like there was fraud. That's his evidence. 
Wow, so solid. Soup's solid. Also, yeah, I just needed to talk about the Four Seasons Garden Center. Also, congrats to the Four Seasons for getting an uptick in business. I know, they've started selling merch. That's amazing. That's totally amazing. Um, If you really want to know more about the rules about being a poll watcher, though, it varies from state to state, but there is there are serious rules about no cameras, no cell phones, no tablets, no video recording, no audio recording, no engaging in intimidation or threatening behavior. Um, these are rules. They're in place. The Everybody knows they're in place that assigns poll watchers, and these poll watchers have to be okay. It's also interesting to me that you could be okay with a, a thrice-convicted sex offender as your poll watcher from out of state. So I, yeah, but everybody like, you know, three people, three quarters of the people standing behind Giuliani at this particular press conference were convicted felons and or from out of state. So that's what I have to say about that. That's great. Yeah. That is not great. That is terrible. I it's don't know it's terrible, know. but it's also like, come on, we're, like <clears throat> that's how you end your campaign with I with know. the lizard lizard lips doing a conference from the between the sex shop and the crematorium like that's just so good so, so good I read about that on the Mary Sue which occasionally does spoof articles and so I didn't believe it mm-hmm. I'm like it's too good this mm. is funny that's the onion. Oh. I also wanted to say another one of my favorite things is uh, Giuliani claims that Will Smith's dead father has voted twice since he died. Will Will Smith has not, uh, that I could find, made comment on that. I'm I'm not going to be pleased about that. Yeah. I mean, there's like the 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 video is on youtube if you can stand to watch it i mean based just based on the bad audio um i it's absolutely ridiculous i mean like it it brings this it brings giuliani to a whole new level of absurdity which i never thought we could get to after the uh russia scandal from 2016 but here we are well, and also, he's had, like, a bad month, because what was that thing with Borat? Did you see it? No, I didn't. Oh, I did. I, I had to watch it. I had to watch it simply for Rudy Giuliani sticking his hand down his pants to tuck his dick in the middle of a hotel scene. He was totally spoofed. He had no idea what the fuck was going on. He thought he was going to get boinked by this woman who he thought he did. He t- It's clear as day on the video. It is the... It, it is, delightful that's so funny mm-hmm. anyway he's having a rough go of it mm-hmm. <laughs> not anyway not, not uh, don't care so I have some news about Nevada which is that um, there is an active lawsuit filed in federal court alleging that ineligible votes were cast in Las Vegas um, let me see. They have a November 19th deadline for filing, but no immediate hearing date. Um, I don't really understand the plaintiffs. There's this one woman who said that she 
tried to vote in person, but was told that um, a ballot had been mailed with her signature that had already been received. So I'm like, was she a plant? Sounds like it. You know, like, if she mailed in a ballot, like, why would she try to vote in person? And then if they told her no, then why would she be upset about that if she voted by mail? I I don't, whatever. I guess what she's saying is she didn't vote by mail and that there are these mysterious mail-in ballots, but this is, there's no proof of that. Yeah, it stinks. Like, I can't even, yeah. um, I can't say enough times how little evidence there is in these lawsuits and then uh there's also a political strategist and a tv commentator who was told that he was denied an opportunity to observe ballot counting late on election night Mm, Um, he's okay he's not an official poll watcher so it doesn't really fucking matter what you are denied sir i know uh democratic attorney general or he's the attorney general for Nevada, but he happens to be a Democrat. Aaron Ford says that there is no evidence of widespread fraud or wrongdoing and no PR stunt or piled on litigation is going to change that fact. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let me see. Trumpsters are also claiming that there's just a ton of people who died and then submitted ballots. This is almost certainly false. There are so many safeguards in place to detect illegal voting under the names of the deceased, um, including signature matches, death records. Uh, this is like not a thing. Um, there are apparently rumors that people um, 120 years or older voted in this election are actually innocuous clerical errors or the results of intended um data practices like someone typing 1900 into a database as a placeholder right Uh, so this is like not it's not real if anyone's listening to our show who thinks this is real it's not (laughs) okay that was that last thing that you mentioned was one of the things that Lewandowski brought up at the four seasons um, I would like to say this just in uh, two hours before we came on the New York Times reports that they did top election officials in every state on Monday and Tuesday to ask whether they were suspected, uh, whether there was suspected or had any evidence of illegal voting voting officials in 45 states responded directly to the Times with an absolute no for states spoke the Times spoke to statewide officials or found public comments from other secretaries of state. No major voting issues. Yeah. The outstanding states are because the votes aren't officially in yet. Yeah. But it's not happening. It's not a fucking thing. And no. I will also tell you, you know, you want to know how we know that? Because we haven't seen or heard from Donald Trump in five days. Aside oh, from eight, I we aside from his Twitter account and the appearance he made at the tomb of the unknown soldier today, he has not been in front of the media for five days. He's now he just firing just everybody and trying to plan his stupid coup from the inside, which will not work. Yeah, that's not a very bad precedent. Oh my God, why do people support him? He's such a fucking dipshit. 
And don't be fooled by Ivanka trying to get him to step down because she's got her eyes on the prize for 2024. I'm just telling you. Oh, you think? Oh, yeah. She's more dangerous. The Don Jr. is a dipshit. So is his girlfriend. Ivanka and Jared want to take over the world. They're much smarter. They're much more savvy than the rest of anybody else in that family. And they're going to try and make a run in 2024. That's gross. Okay. Just so you know. That's my, that's my prediction. Um, let me see. So going back to the lawsuits, I just have one more. Mm-hmm. We're not going to talk about Georgia because there aren't really any confirmed results yet. They're doing a recount, so yep. we're going to show that for the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, read the New York Times, I don't know. Um, but in Arizona... Trump sued, claiming that ballots filled in with Sharpie couldn't be read by the machines. <laughs> and all of his supporters are old and think that Sharpies are pens. I don't know. Uh, it was dismissed because, in fact, the machines 100% can read Sharpies. Uh, they then basically refiled the lawsuit, um, but this time claimed that the ballots were, quote, mishandled by poor workers and that they insist on the ballots to be inspected manually uh but like the like experts have commented on this and just been like no this is literally the same lawsuit um and you're just trying it again so uh yeah that's super exciting uh yeah and i think that's oh and they had something in wisconsin that i didn't even bother reading about because it seemed even like more made up than the rest of these <laughs> it's i mean it's up the, the we're like we are literally like I, I i repeat myself we are living in a coen brothers movie that and i i i predict that in 10 years they'll write a movie about this whole thing and how absurd it is yeah probably maybe even in less time than that i would think so i would think so yeah i just can't believe it i, I so um my partner has two young nieces and a nephew. And I sometimes wonder, you know, like, when we're old and they're adults, are they going to ask us, like, what was that election like? Like, what do you even say? Do you just tell them about that Four Seasons press conference and be like, in a yeah, nutshell? absolutely. You absolutely do. So it dawned on me a couple weeks ago that I'd never asked my mom or my dad, what it was like to be in that Reagan election that swept um, Carter after his first term. And let's be real, Carter got a raw deal. Uh, my parents, I don't, I don't remember this because I was, I was pretty young, but they were like incredibly disappointed with how racist and the racist vitriol, and it was all about money and you know, like it wasn't about at least it wasn't about American isolationism, isolationism, but it was about a lot of things and um, a lot of things that they didn't agree with. And so my mom gave me this big diatribe about it. And I I wish she had spoken to me about it. I was I was. Nine at the time, and I really 
would have liked to understand more what was going on because they were so involved in watching the polls. I thought that they were just really enjoying it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I and and now that I understand what the administration was about, I know my parents weren't about it, but I back then I just thought that that was you know all right. It's whatever. Just like being adults. This, they're just we're at the kitchen table and it's late at night. My parents on a, it's a thirteen inch television and dad's got his whiskey and mom's I don't know, I think she's drinking tea and we're what, sitting around watching this whole thing and everybody was really excited about Ronald Reagan and I was going to Catholic school and everybody was really excited about Ronald Reagan at the Catholic school. Yeah, as you I'm could sure. all quite fucking imagine. Joe Biden's Catholic. Joe Biden's Catholic. So That's hey. Good. Get behind it. I voted for a Catholic president. I am not a fucking Catholic anymore. I'm I'm not anti-Catholic. I'm just personally not for me. Thanks. Um, As long as you keep it to yourself, I don't mind what you are. It's cool. (laughs) So, yeah, I just... I kind of regret not asking my dad because he's not around. He hasn't been around in a really long time. So I regret not having those conversations with him as I got older, like what these things meant. But I really wasn't politically active until about 24. Yeah. It takes a little while to kick in. Yep. I kind of wonder what people thought during Nixon, especially people who voted for Nixon and what they thought about... I know how my mom and her siblings felt because, so her brother, um, I inherited all his political buttons mm-hmm. when he died a couple of years ago, and um, one he has one of the original impeach Nixon buttons. Yeah, it's since sitting on the corkboard in my office, and I used to wear it around when the um, right after the. Uh, 2018 elections i started wearing the impeach nixon button around as sort of a fuck you to everything because i'm tired of this and if there's any president that ever emulates nixon it's this one no kidding yeah well i think that we're approaching the end of our show do you have any last last thoughts um no, I have no idea what day it is anymore. Like I've lost, I've lost all track of time and space. Um, um, we know we can cover some of this next week, but could we do like a like crime? Could we just do like crimes next week so my brain doesn't have to explode so hard? Yeah, like fun crimes, fun crimes, fun Good crimes. Good old stories. That's not about politics. Yeah, unless there's something like ultimately huge or absolutely ridiculous that happens between now and then. I think we should do a good deep dive potpourri. We also have to start planning our Thanksgiving show. Oh. Oh, I know. I need the Thanksgiving shows. I mean, I think I'm more used to them now because we've been doing remote pre-records. Yeah. Uh, but usually, like, in the past, it's been us recording two episodes in one week, and us, like, scrambling to get to the other person's house. We do not live close. (laughs) No, we do not live close. And then I'm, like, in Florida on a beach trying to edit the episode. (laughs) Oh, shut up, because I'm 
captive in my winter apartment so i'd feel no fucks for you like i love you girl but no don't make me feel mad about this we're doing a thanksgiving show this year we are absolutely doing a thanksgiving show this year. i just wanted to give our listeners an idea of the inner thanksgiving life <laughs> i yeah it'll be good it'll be good um the there. only other thing oh we didn't do the announcements shit okay sorry tom we'll, we'll do them at the end of the show for this long you can you can i know around a few more minutes but i want to yep i want to i want to add it to our show because they are uh underwriting our radio show and i want to add it um and i'll probably just cut and paste it to the front um so Radio Fair Brooklyn is now being supported by City Running Tours, which offers, um, if you're a runner, um, which I'm not, but yay, you guys, uh, is offering neighborhood running tours as a way to discover the history of New York and all its neighborhoods. Um, There's 23 different tours between Manhattan, Queens, Brooklyn, and the Bronx. Sorry, Staten Island. Um, They are offered seven days a week. And um, you can find them on www.cityrunningtours.com slash New York City to see the schedule and book. We love them. They keep us on air. Please support if you can. And that's all I have. Happy jogging. I do not run. I, there's no run. If you see me running, you better start running, too, because that means we're all like fucked up and in trouble. I don't run. Don't run. <laughs> nope. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Crime Talk BK. We will, we are here every Saturday on Radio Free Brooklyn from 11 a.m. to noon. Thank you for support, guys. Bye. The table about to turn. The table about to turn. The table about to turn. Yeah. Flipping through my timeline Trying to get my mind right My city cried out I got to